This is the life of Boba Bobo. This is the life of Boba Bobo. This is the life of Boba Bobo. Bohemia. Showers in the kitchen, there might be some soap. Dishes in the sink, brush your teeth if you can cope. Toilets in the closet, you better hope there's a light bulb in there. Revolving door roommates, prick up your ears. 14 people in just four years. Adam, Max, and Jonathan, and Carolyn, and Carrie. David, Tim, no, Tim was just a guest from June to January. Margaret, Lisa, David, Susie, Stephen, Joe, and Sam. And Elsa, the bill collector's dreamer still is on the limb. Don't forget the neighbors, Michelle and Gabe. The life of family, then the family The time is flying, and everything is dying. I don't make those by now, I have a dog, a kid, and a wife. Oh, so the kind of voice so actor. Start I used to love that looking at that. You need a little hat with Alright, welcome everybody. What are you guys talking about? What are you guys talking about? We are on... I don't even know what episode we're on 112? anymore. 113? 113. 113. So today's... Today's episode is... Tick, tick, boom. And you might be saying, wait, what? I don't what? know that. What is I'm, this? What is this tick, tick, boom? First of all, it'll, it'll be nominated for an Oscar. So yeah, yeah. That's you the, will be hearing that's about That's why Netflix made this. In the, you know what I mean? So the they can get months. another nomination for another Oscar. Which this, this has nothing to do with my hatred for Netflix. And it has everything to do with my hatred for Netflix. So <laughs> we're going to get into that. But that is what we're talking about today. You are listening to What Are You Guys Talking About? A podcast by two filmmakers that run Law Victoria Productions about... Well, whatever we're watching for the week, really. And pretty we, much, pretty much. What, we we're, pick, what we're inspired by, what we're enjoying, yeah. what we're geeking out on. It's a little bit of everything, isn't there? Yeah. And it, like, we're, we're as quick to do like a Marvel movie as we are like an Oscar movie or a TV show or just a film that we really liked from like 12 years ago. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's all like, if you like movies, if you like filmmaking, if you like stuff like that, you like us, we think. So come and join us. We're going to talk about a little... We always start with first impressions. Then we're going to tell you a little bit about what we watched this week. And then we go into the meat and bones of what we were watching. And sometimes we'll talk about tips we can give you as to things that have helped us with our development as creatives and as, you know, basically filmmakers. Um, and then other things about what we loved about it. Because a lot of times, you know, we do these big budget ones like Dune and stuff like that. And I can't really tell you with any sort of certainty whatsoever <laughs> what you should be doing. I can tell you about the business side because because of my day job, which is in the business world, I am very keen on the business uh, behind film and kind of how that works. And that's why I've had at least some moderate success as a producer um, doing that because people do tend to trust what I say on that stuff. But otherwise, it's just a general, you know, hour and a half to hang out with you guys, talk about a cool film, and um, see what y'all thought about it. Put it in the comments. So, without further ado, though, if you're catching this, you're probably listening to us on SoundCloud, but it may be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or one of the other many podcasting platforms. We're on most of them. I always say, if there's one that you want and we're not on it, just tell me, and we'll put it on there. You can check us out at www.lawvictoriaproductions.com. That is our website. As I said, it's a mega site at the moment. It has everything and anything you can think of. Dirty 20, which is our Dungeons and Dragons encyclopedia for you to go through mm -hmm. if you love that or you've never heard of it before. You've probably learned everything you need to know from those videos. We also have our short films. We have a sizzle reel with kind of stuff that's been in the pipeline for a while. We've got Ed's old shorts, which is some of my favorite in the music videos you did. I just always love going back to this. It's because because that's how this all kind of started was me like looking at this thing. He's pretty good at this stuff. <laughs> and then he came over to England. So, but that's the best way to see us. If you want to reach out on social media, we're all over the place with that. Uh, I would say most frequently I'm on Facebook and there's a Jason Chereau, that's C-H-E-R-O-T, Edward Burgos, B 
B-U-R-G-O-S. And then, of course, Love Victoria Productions has a page that you can post on or look at things on. Um, we're on Instagram, another place that we post a lot, at least on that. It's Jazzy J. Shiro and a Nano LVP. At Twitter, um, you usually can find out what I'm watching at that moment by looking at Twitter because I often post about what's going on um, or if I'm having a shit day. It might just be breaking something <laughs> in my life. Um, we're on TikTok at LVP Film Life. It's one of those areas that I, I kind of need another producer for that because I don't, it's not that I don't understand TikTok. I just don't, it, it is a generation thing. Like, I just feel like I don't have time for it. Yeah, it's learning a whole new kind of microcosm. Yeah, I, was, I mean, if you guys go on that, over the summer, I was doing all right by like, fine, I live in I live in a forest. So I was finding things that I thought were cool and like, because we do get lots of really cool images and just putting that to words or whatever. I think I had my, my, my most successful were the Mission Impossible Squirrel because I always have squirrels playing Mission Impossible outside my house. And then it, well, on Friday the 13th, there's this old dead tree in the middle of this. This kind of stuff that scares the crap out of Ed when he comes into mm-hmm. my house. But there's like this dead area of the forest. And there's this tree. And there are like three ravens on it cawing out. And I said, happy to Friday the 13th. I bet you people think I like CGI'd that. But no, like it really just looked just like that. <laughs> so that's at LVP Film Life. What have I missed? Oh, Twitter, at Victoria and at Ananoski Prod and LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn is really my other job so that's why I don't say it as much like there are we do have 10 people that follow us on the company page there I am not because of my day job and the restrictions I have I do not cross post so you won't see anything from me on LinkedIn because it's all to do with what I do in my day job but if you want to check out the stuff there you know Ed's there I'm there we can respond to you on the company page of course so that's everywhere and it's important just because we really do want you to go out there and, and learn about us that this show in my view is a hundred times better if you understand where we're coming from on things and even a simple read about our mission statement and our history will kind of explain to you why we're up to episode 113 and why we love doing this and we'll never stop that's the other thing like we've had numbers high we've had numbers low can't stop won't stop we really don't care like we just we just hit the record button and it's a good chance for us every week to talk about something we love and we generally have production meetings in the beginning and the end of this so you know if we're doing something cool we'll tell you about what we're working on at the moment I'm just all over the place right now. It kind of goes with watching Tick, Tick, Boom that like I had this idea for this big thing I want to do but again, you just have restrictions on your time so I'm trying to narrow it down into something more specific so I can actually get something shot in the next six months as opposed to talking about it for a year Mm. which is unfortunately how it goes a lot of times. It is. It is. It is. Tell me about it. Part of it's that I'm I'm on my way to Fright Fest Glasgow in in a couple weeks as long as I get tickets on Tuesday. I I was telling Katie that. I was like, oh crap. I've already bought the hotel and the the plane. But well, it never sells out so I wasn't worried about it. So I booked the the plane and I booked the hotel and this will be like, this will be the year that gets sold out. (laughs) It's fine. Uh, you know, the funny thing would be, like, last Fright Fest, if any of, the, any of you went and listened to this, um, last Fright Fest, I was there, but I really wasn't. Like, mm. I didn't go <laughs> to many of the films because I was so busy talking to people and having mm. fun. Mm. And it was really quite funny because I just enjoyed hanging out and drinking with me. That's often what, what I think about, like, uh, film festivals and stuff is, yes, going to watch films and stuff is a lot of fun. But actually, like, it's so much more fun to just, you know, meet meet your people. It and, is, and right? You know, and there's and... other fellow creatives, which I think for me, because in my day job, I'm not around creatives. And that's not to say the people I work with in my day job are, like, the coolest people. But <laughs> there was that amazing scene in Tick, Tick, Toot, Boom, by the way. Right, yeah. right? We'll, we'll, talk, we'll about, talk about We'll definitely talk sorry, about that. Sorry, But it was, like, sitting around other creatives and, like... <laughs> I think the first day I was at Fright Fest, that's when I ran into Ashley, who's a novelist that's been a friend of mine for a while. And she's new, like I am. So she was like, oh, I have my book. Mm. And I remember I went back to the hotel and just read the whole book. And I came the next day and said, can I help you promote this? And she's like, what? And I was like, I really liked your book. 
And then the next day, that's when I met Matt Hone. I think I'm saying his name right, Matt Hone. And I spent like 30 minutes talking to this guy. And then Katie like taps me on the shoulder. Somebody taps me on the shoulder. It might not be Katie, but somebody taps me on the shoulder. He's like, he's the guy that did Cockneys v. Zombies. <laughs> and he's French. So I was like, what? But he also did this. He was other- super nice. He was like, super awesome as well. And he was. so More- like unpretentious and, and not like putting it on front street. Oh, that, that's my hope know? because we still have to pick up the phone to him at some point. Yeah, we want to get him on the show. And get him on the show because we watched his film. He said, oh, I was like, well, what did you do recently? And he's like, oh, I did this one called The Warrior's Gate, but it mm. didn't go so well. Mm. Um, and, you know, he says it didn't go so well, but Luke Besson was the one who, like, put him up for that. So I was like, all right, well, if you're friends with Luke Besson anyway, like, I don't think it really matters how well it went. Like, that's pretty cool. But, you know, it's a great film and it just came out at the wrong time. So I mm. wanted to bring him on the show so you could talk about why it's a great film. Um, but this is what I mean. Like, and this is why you should be getting out to film festivals if you enjoy this kind of stuff. Because that's, that's the fun of it. Like, it's just, I, I don't know, it's the space I like to be in. And if it's very well into into this thing we're going to talk about today so let's let's move on to that i guess first impressions ed always starts this out who is this film for who is this film not for um well i think it's definitely um for musical theater lovers Mm -hmm. um there's no doubt about that this is a love letter to to new york and broadway and this is the life and 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 all of that kind of stuff but i think it's also really uh a very poignant film for any kind of person pursuing a creative outlet and feeling the grind and feeling like they're not getting anywhere which is Honestly, why I connected with it so hard, you know. Mm. I remember when we watched Indie Gamer, and and that was also another one where I was like, anyone who wants to create something and something important to them uh, and bear their soul artistically, which I know sounds super corny, but could watch Indie Gamer and be like, oh God, I completely, you know, I, I, I get it. And I think this is very similar in that respect. Okay. I definitely felt like it was kind of telling my story, even though obviously I have nothing to do with musical theater and, and stuff like that. This is just a reminder. I mean, it's it's the kind of thing that, that and I, maybe I always feel it's because I wasn't in the creative world for the majority of my life. You mm. know what I mean? That I wasn't around creatives that I wrote, but I wrote in a journal to myself and no one really knew that I had this like creative spark that I like doing things that way. Mm-hmm. Um, even watching you smile and my daughter smile when I just started playing guitar for the first mm-hmm. time in 20 years, you know, it's those kind of things. There's a huge feeling of isolation for creatives because we don't, in my view, live in a world that promotes that kind of thought. It's, it just goes against the grain. It goes against, you know, whatever. And I think the best thing I ever heard said about it, and this is trite because it's from a TV show, was when we were watching Mythic Quest. Mm. And you have the girl who makes the, the crap game about the donkey. Mm. And they're like, well, okay, we're going to put you through school now. And she's like, why would you do that? And she's mm. like, because you believe in what you're doing. Yeah. Guys, it really is just that. Mm. And I can tell you that from truth. That's mm. why people give us deals. Because I'll come in and I'll say, we're going to do this. Mm. And we're going to do it well. I don't know if we're really going to do it or not. Like, I don't have a clue. Like, but I'll believe enough that I can... There's a lot of belief in it. Yeah, there's there's just enough to push you through. This is a film that will help you with that. Because I've been struggling with that lately. Mm. Because it's winter. We don't have anything huge on the docket or anything big coming up. I'm about to run into my friends again. And it's like, Mm. what am I going to tell them? You know, Mm. they're going to say, why haven't you made anything again? You haven't made anything since Dandelions. I'm like, I'm really sorry. Like, it's just Mm. the way it is. And it really is just the way it is. Mm. Like... This movie, if any movie, will help you find yeah. it out without spoiling anything for you. So, yeah, creatives, definitely. Musical theater fans, definitely. New Yorkers, absolutely. Mm. I don't know. It's the kind of thing, and we're going to talk about this later. 
I really do think this is a very universal film unless, as I said, I always try to put in there because I'm the, I'm the gripey one. You know, other two of us. Ed's the big, big bear buddy guy. Oh, every, he loves everything. I do. But I don't. So, you know, I'm the one that will tell you, listen, if you can't stand musical theater that basically walks you through what's happening through music. Mm. Okay, and some people can't. My, my wife, uh, and she's not one of these people, but my wife always couldn't understand the point in Wicked where she's rhyming about a shoe and mm. I get it because it's like why don't you just tell us about the shoe why do we have to sing a song about it this is totally that movie mm. everything will be a song everything mm. will be and they're good songs and there is there is one little moment which I thought you might have bumped with where they are a little bit dismissive of like a, a city bro um, in the film and you know I mean oh we could talk about that I know exactly what you're talking <laughs> about and and I will tell you the reaction I had to that after we, um, once we get past what we watched this <laughs> but, week. But, I mean, you know, inevitably, I mean, it's set in the 90s, like very early 90s, I think 1990, in fact. And, 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 and do you think, you know, just for people watching, like, is it 90s to you? Did it feel 90s to you? Um, musically, yes. There's a lot of songs that get played and parties and stuff like that, and it kind of took me back a little bit to that time. Um, but it, it, it feels quite timeless. It doesn't feel necessarily i mean well i say that but obviously we're not in spoiler territory yet but it's it, some some there's a there's a central element which uh, of the film which is very much of that time that's right and so the only thing you can't get and, and lin-manuel miranda would have done his best to avoid this and he does there's a couple of scenes that we'll talk about that um that get around this but this won't it's not authentic 90s New York. And I know that because that's where my family's from. I'm not from there. I always get mad at them that they made me grow up in the Midwest a million miles away <laughs> from every cousin and everybody Cincinnati. else I had. Exactly. Yes, let's put a city boy in the Midwest. That's great. Farms everywhere. And, you know, I loved it. Whatever. You know, it is a great town. Cincinnati's a great place. But New York was different in the 90s. Mm. I remember, what I, the way I can explain this to you is I took my wife to Steinbrenner Stadium was where the Yankees played because she'd never seen a baseball game before. And I want to take her to a baseball game. You always take someone to the Yankees if you're going to watch your first game. Mm. And the, to get there, you have to take the subway to the Bronx. To the Bronx, And it's on the edge of the Bronx. So it's mm. not deep in the Bronx. The Bronx is not a very good part of New York. Mm. Never has been. Probably never will be poor guys. It's just poor. You know, there's mm. just a lot of poor people there. And so my mom got on the phone with us. She's like, you can't take the subway. And I was like, Mom, what are you talking about? So... New York changes a lot in the mid-90s because of a guy who, at the time, everybody thought was the greatest man since sliced bread. My family never did. Thank you mm -hmm. very much. Rudy Giuliani. Oh, Rudy. He, yeah, Rudy changed the city because what he did is he busted up all those bad areas and he put all those people in jail. Mm -hmm. Now, most people said it did save New York. Like, all of a sudden, you could walk around mm -hmm. where your parents would never let you do that before. But that element is not in the film. So if you're looking for an authentic look... At 90s New York, watch Kids instead. Mm. That's the easiest way I can tell you because Kids is the still has that 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 dirty, dirty shine to it, and it was made in the 90s anyway. Mm. But I, I think that's enough for people to go off of. Like, yeah, I, well, I we think generally so. suggest this is Oscar bait too, as well. Yeah. So if you're, that's how I caught it because I, I try to catch all the Oscar films, the ones that are going to go in for submissions. Netflix made this to get an Oscar. Mm. Um, you know, performances are really good in it, and they get some really good A-list actors. So yeah. that's and the I, kind of thing. If I you're think an Oscar, also like a. a fairly pulling point for me had I known before I watched it which I didn't which we'll get into but the fact that Lin-Manuel Lin Miranda who wrote Hamilton uh, is now like the darling of Disney and write, wrote the music for Moana and for Encanto uh, he this did is he his, do the music for Encanto yeah, I didn't yeah. know that he uh, this is his directorial debut 
Not which in is the Heights? Quite ex- which is quite exciting. Didn't he, didn't he direct in the uh, Heights? No, he didn't. No, he definitely didn't. Because I, I remember uh, seeing... Sorry, I hate yeah, doing yeah. that to you on mic. But it was just like... <laughs> because I, I went to see in the Heights. So. Yeah, yeah. I still haven't seen it. I need to watch it. It's a wonderful movie. As I said, we're going to have to party at my house for you. Musicals. We'll get it on. We like music. Catherine and you and I can dance around and Becky will come. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes Becky dances. So um, it, it's the kind of, the, that's the other reason, you know, this came up in my radar is, is my family is now, I don't know what happened with it. My wife was kind of in the theater before. Now she's really in the theater. Like she mm. loves theater. And I so, mean, we kind of should be, dude. We're in London. Like I know we're, we're, we're talking about a film set in New York, Broadway, all that. Oh, no, no. And I was always like that. You and know, the I, West End every, is... you know, we were recurring the time I took her to Phantom. You know, yeah, I definitely touristy yeah. that way. But you know, you move on. You have other things you like, yeah, other yeah, things you do. And, and I think... And you get into a life you know, of like... I always like to think it's know. because of me, right? But I dragged him in the city enough times and my daughter got into theater right. that it was like, oh, we can all share this experience. Yeah, yeah. And so my wife, actually, just to give you a little anecdote, because that's what this podcast is usually full of, uh, my wife is now the queen of a Saturday night look at what tickets are available, say, hey, do you want to go downtown on a Sunday? We can get three seats, that's third dope. row for 20 bucks. Yeah. And, and lucky I had that kind of money. So I'm like, yeah, sure, mm. let's go. So Five Guys Burger and a show. Oof, nice. Yeah, you know I mean, can't go wrong there. Well, we we don't often get the Five Guys anymore because Catherine's gone like vegetarian. So, mm. such as being a dad, but occasionally I can sneak off and, and demolish <laughs> the delicious burger. So, okay, so <clears throat> go out if you don't want to watch the film. Then then this would be the point where you can listen probably for another ten minutes while we talk about some other interesting things. Maybe twenty minutes. Some of the interesting things we've seen this week. I don't have a long list this week, so. But we do try to, again, it's just trying to help you if you're like, oh, man, what should I watch this week? It's funny because someone wanted to buddy up with us to, to do, her podcast was all about what you should watch on Netflix. And oh, really? I just never got back to her and she canceled. She was like, oh, I don't want to meet with you guys. And I'm like, fine, whatever. <laughs> um, anyways, <laughs> this is just a way for us to say if you haven't caught these things. In fact, one of the episodes we're going to do, because I keep saying we're going to do it, we're definitely going to do it, is about Teddy. Because I want, I want everybody to watch that episode. I don't care if you can't stand the show. Like, every person should watch TV. It is, it is a it special, is, it, special it, episode. A, a, uh, a special episode in a special TV show. Exactly. A miracle of, uh, of modern, modern horror. Um, but we'll talk about ones that I didn't think were miracles of modern horror in a minute. So, but, Ed, <laughs> again, we always start with you to talk about a little bit. Of, well, what have you been watching this week, buddy? Uh, well, I also haven't been watching loads. Um, I, I kind of got the itch to rewatch the David Lynch Dune. Um, and I did. Why? Uh, because... No, can I just... I'm, go I, on. I don't often... This is very rude. I took okay. a class on listening, so I wouldn't do this to him. Okay. But I have another story. Okay. So I went to buy Dune, because I got paid, right? Yeah. We're not talk about how much I got paid, but I got paid. Yeah, yeah. I got paid, son. Yeah. So the first thing I wanted, right, was my favorite film of last year. Yeah, yeah. UHD of Dune. Guess which copy comes up to my door? Oh, no. <laughs> no. It's awesome, though. It's the Arrow Special Edition. That's so it's got cool. like so much. It's got cards. I should have taken yeah. it over tonight. It's got cards. It's got, I mean, I was upset for a heartbeat. And yeah, then I was like, this yeah. is glorious. Because like, yeah. uh, the original Dune is awesome. So you go back to your story. Now. No, yeah, it is. It is. It's 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 really, really good. Like, <laughs> I, I, I rewatched it and I haven't watched it in years. Uh, and I, I, I hadn't watched it when I was a kid. Um... And I think I'd always seen it as like not just not as good as Star Wars, you know, and, and coming out at a similar time kind of thing. Especially, yeah, especially if you see it without the recut where they've they've shined it up then, mm. like hell now. Mm. Like it did look just like a continuation of Return of the Jedi. Mm. Uh, and but but what I really appreciated was the depth of the story and 
I think it's it's just hard when you're dealing with something that requires a kind of special effect that doesn't really exist. Do you know what I mean? And I think maybe that's kind of what what originally put me off it a little bit. But story wise and just everything about it, um, and, and it I'm, I'm, I am glad though that I didn't rewatch it before I watched. Uh, Denis Villeneuve's Dune, though. No, right? Because there's... That's what I love about it. Like, you can love both. And some yeah. people hate... You know, I was I was pretty much on the bandwagon hating the Lynch version until I thought about it. It is actually after I watched the Villeneuve version that I went back and I was like, you know, I don't hate the Lynch version as much as I keep making out to. Because if you read Dune, this is the last bit of the puzzle for me because now I've got both the movies. I'm like, I want... No, I want the, the, the book. Like a hardcover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A hardcover book and I'll reread yeah. it again because I've read that book like 10 times. Yeah, yeah. But the book is difficult to understand in terms of visuals. Like, because there's a lot lot of what goes on in people's heads yeah that's, yeah, yeah that's that's the whole there's point. a lot of voiceover in and so if you're thinking like who could do something like that you think oh begotten you know what else has he done by that point blue velvet i think he'd yeah, done by that yeah. point and so you're thinking about someone who can make weird stuff yeah. on screen look normal yeah. at least convey a visual image that may not sit well with people mm. david lynch is top of that list mm. you know top 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 of that list and and, and before that was yeah. jaworski that was going to do it so the Je- guy, yeah jaworski yeah yeah jaworski who i mean i can see that as well i would have loved to seen his version of it yeah, because obviously the crazy shit he's done yeah. some of my favorite of the era yeah, yeah. um only, only ever watch it once with that stuff though, yeah i've, so I've never watched any of his stuff actually like the holy mountain you've never seen that no 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 well, well come on i mean you know we'll, we'll have to drink a lot of alcohol and then and then yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then watch it um, but i have seen obviously the documentary jodorowsky's dune and stuff and it's, i haven't is, is that worth a watch oh yeah dude i mean it, it just in, in terms how far of did you get with it uh, like pretty far, um, but still pre-production. Like it, it, it never got to the point of rolling cameras and and stuff like that. It's not like uh, you know, Terry Gilliam's Don Quixote or. or oh really? Yeah, See, this is why I need. This is these are all. This is how I pull things out of Ed's repertoire. The man yeah. has an encyclopedia of knowledge of cool stuff, and this is where <laughs> I don't know. So, so I can I can see. Can I see a version of Don Quixote by Gilliam? Yeah, yeah. It came out a, not that long ago. He kind of finally did it, but. But the it, like honestly, the more interesting thing is to watch the documentary of how it was made, of how he didn't make the film for like twenty years. No, I, I I've been there that, before. That came out, uh, and then years later, the the actual film. I came really out. like that, and that's a really good thing to put on the show because guys, like if your filmies like us, and that's a term. term I think Katie I, I, again, it's, I'm, I'm referencing Katie because she was going to film me when I say that. But no, I mean if you're film people, like. There are so many cool movies out there where they're cool not because of the movie. Like, let me tell you, like, I can think of one called The Dead, right? Mm. And The Dead was made, it was another Fright Fest special, so mm. obviously that's in my, my repertoire. Mm-hmm. Um, and the movie is, is yeah, it's a zombie movie in Africa. Mm. And it's like, and I'm not saying that because I'm like, oh, but it's like, you know, it checks from one part of Africa to the other and it's, it's a zombie film. And it was in a zombie film at a time when everybody was making zombie <laughs> films. So it's like, yeah, it was like the 100 zombie film I'd seen for the year. Mm. Was it that good? Mm. not really but then you hear about the making of it and like the fact that they had like two governments that tried to kill them Mm. and they both got malaria that they permanently have now and like Mm. these directors went through two brothers that did it and they went through like not two brothers two friends and they went through absolute (laughs) hell to get this film made and so 
once I heard the audio commentary about all this, like now it's like one of my favorite films because like because I appreciate the dedication, like to do that. Like most people would quit, and and God, this was before I had experience in film. This was early days when I was still just kind of a fan at Fright Fest. Mm. But I was I was enamored by that, and I'd be three times enamored now yeah. because the story they told, God, like people would quit so fast. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, well, yeah. the government told us we can't do this. Much shut down the project. You know what I mean? So. It's just, that's the kind of thing. Always delve a little bit deeper. The Hobbit is like that for me. Mm. I hate the Hobbit movies because I just think there's too much excess there. Yeah. You just watched them recently. I think we talked about them yeah. on the last podcast. Yeah. And it's it's sad, but I love Peter Jackson. I mean, if you don't love Peter Jackson, then watch, watch what was his latest one with the Beatles. Um, what was it Get called? Back? Get Back. Mm. I mean, that is quintessentially it's my t- it's my term quintessentially <laughs> like the greatest rock documentary yeah, I, I keep, ever made I keep going to watch it but it's uh, tough it's yeah. really long but yeah. it's just the kind of like I listen to it you saw me do this I'll yeah. get my guitar out and just jam along with them yeah. you know there's never been a documentary I've had that before where I could just mm. sit with the musicians and play while they play mm. like that's really cool because that's all it really is with music to me like mm. just hanging out with people and grooving you mm. know what I mean so yeah. I don't know I've got a guitar recently so Ed's had to, Ed, Ed has watched me turn into a <laughs> La Bard. <laughs> I learned uh, the, the family have you learned Rock Lobster. Because I, not, not the Rock Lobster that you're thinking of from B-52s, which is an awesome song. But um, I, I can do the Peter Griffin one. Yeah, 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 So they just love me playing the little chords and singing. Rock Lobster. Stuff like that. As I said, I'm not, I'm not even remotely good at the guitar, but I do love making people laugh and smile and play it. So you enjoy it. That's, yeah, that's man. It's, it's weird. Well, it's it's weird for me, man, because like I and I said this on the last podcast, but when I was a teenager, I was so gung ho mm. about being the best guitarist. I mean, now I can give a shit. Like, mm. what do I care? You know, right. I mean, I'm almost forty years old. Like, I'm not going to start any rock bands or anything like that. But man, if I'm in a room of people and they're grooving to what I'm playing, like that's really cool. Mm. That's really cool. Nice, nice. Um, what else you got for me? I also uh, I watched um, Aladdin, the the live action version. Arabian yeah. Oh, he's making that face like. Oh. Well, like I put it on late at night when I wanted to watch the original animation because I like falling asleep to it. Don't ask me why. Um, and and I was like, oh okay, Dreams okay. And Jasmine. Um, and it's fine. It's. It weirded me out. The guy Richie directed it. I don't know why. Um, I always, I always remember that after the fact. Yeah, yeah. It's it's odd. Um, Does it come across as a guy Richie film to you? I guess that gives no, your point is no. Yeah, it's like there's nothing about it that says Guy Ritchie. The to sharp me. cuts and the, the he loves to twist cameras around. Yeah, and stuff like but that. even that, like his usual kind of very kinetic camera work and stuff like that. Um, just wasn't wasn't really there, okay. and it felt a little bit like the Will Smith show. Um, I like the changes that they made to to the character of Jasmine, gave her a little bit more agency, and and stuff maybe like that's that. why, I like, because he's watching the shock face. I've seen this film like twenty times because my yeah, daughter yeah, yeah, loves yeah. that. <laughs> and this is the weird thing about like the difference between having kids and not having, because I probably wouldn't like the film on its own, right? Because, because I love the original. It, right? But yeah. you watch your daughter saying like, you know, she made up an entire dance when she was in stagecoach at like when she was five or six to, mm. you know, I won't be silenced. Mm. You know, and I, 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 it was it was amazing. It's just, you know, that's having another creative in the house is another really cool thing. You know what I mean? That's, <laughs> yeah. you know, indoctrinating your kids. Right. But uh, she had her first jam session with me on Saturday. 
You know yeah. what I mean? And just, I think she played like 10 notes, but she nice. was so pleased. It was cool you know, though, man. It was pretty Hanging gangster. out with her dad and playing. Yeah. But yeah, we, you know, Becky, that's one of her favorite films mm. um, and they love it. So, and I think that's, that's an interesting thing to say about film because it's the other thing is when you watch film in company, it can change. Oh, hundred like, percent. Do you yeah. know what I mean? If yeah, I watch yeah. films with you that I hate yeah. and I watch it with you, I'm like, ah, it's not so bad. Actually, yeah, 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 yeah. Especially if you, it's really good if I hate a film explaining why I shouldn't hate the film and like what's good about it. Um, yeah, I know. I should be more critical. <laughs> no, I don't think you should. It was my complaint last week that I like. I don't want us to turn into film critics. Mm, we're not. Like, true. we're not critics at the whole. This is not a critic show. Like, mm. this is not. I, I know I can. God, if you listen to the Matrix when we did, like, I'm really critical of them. But it's more <laughs> me trying to like get my way to the answer, get my mm. way to something better creatively. Not mm. saying it was shit. More saying like I want to make something, but I want to make it better. Than yeah, me. yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. But you know, like I say, it wasn't. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't a disaster. I, I just have such fond memories yeah, of the original. Grossed well. It was. You know? It, you know, this is all part of Disney's run through that. And it yeah. Was the next one on the list. You know, The Lion King was the one that let everybody down. And yeah. I don't really. John you know, Favreau. Was having one, watched yeah. that again, I'm like, it's not as bad. I just don't think people wanted it. The problem with releasing these things is you need a general desire and. The problem people have with The Lion King, because I just watched that, like, not recently, but, like, mm. two months ago, is it's shot for shot. You know what I mean? Like, there's... And it's there's... also that they, they went so hard on trying to make the animals look realistic, and they lose a little bit of the comedic kind right. of flair. And, right. Like, you have to remember like the original that. was a cartoon. So yeah, Especially exactly. when, they, when Simba, Timon, and Pumbaa... Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, little, yeah. Like... No, I totally get you. Again... Did you see they've announced uh, Snow White in the seven? Yeah, days? yeah. And they're going to do it for, for all of them. Apparently Peter Dinklage is not happy about it. Yeah. I do. Ooh, why? Is he even cast for it or something? No, like he's... He he sees it as a, you know, a little bit of a of a slight I was towards about to say, little gonna, people. He's going to run in the room right now and just slap me across the face for saying <laughs> that. Sorry, Peter. Like, I don't mean any disrespect. No, no, no. I have no idea the kind of... Like, Peter right. Dinklage being one of my favorite actors. And I, I it's not like pity. It's more just awesomeness like mm. I just I just admire that like like that's why he's such a, a I think you're actor. really gonna like him in Cyrano Cyrano yeah I wanna watch yeah. I mean obviously I Roxanne by Steve Martin you know mm. and like I never read the original but I've always wanted to yeah, so yeah, yeah. this will probably inspire me to watch the movie and then go read the book mm. you know what I mean I there love French French novels yeah yeah um, and the final thing that I kind of watched this week that I've been meaning to for a while is uh, the remake of Ghost in the Shell ah Scarlett Johansson yes um Ooh. cool i guess like and uh, you know oh, you, it seems like it didn't tickle you um it, okay so this is a weird film and and in the sense that for for me like it came out when i was you know in a in a relationship with a with an asian american actress and like you know we would talk about representation and you know the fact that Asian Americans always get forgotten and stuff like that. You which know? which is not perfect now, but has largely improved in the last two or three years. 100%. So since this film is made, like it's it's we'll talk about this in Tick Tick Boom as well. Like you know, it's it's and, and the best part is you can shout down people. As I said, I get poor poor Mike, my father in law, who's a wonderful guy, but. You know, he's just from another generation, so he'll say things like, oh, they, they woke the hell out of that. Yeah. It's like, no, Mike, they just gave jobs to people who work. You know what I mean? Like, stop acting like having black people in a movie is a bad thing, you know? Yeah. Um, but again, like, really cool movie. Uh, I love Beat Takeshi. He's one of my all-time favorite directors and, and actors. Um, and and I like that it was... Who was the director? Um uh, sorry, he wasn't the director of, of, of this, but he was the, the boss, the older Japanese guy. He didn't speak any English. Who, who though? 
beat Takeshi. Oh, um, I don't think I know who that is. He... I know Takeshi Miike. Yeah, yeah, no, this is, uh, he was a comedian, that's how kind of how he started out yeah, in Japan. Yeah, yeah, I'm just interested, yeah. And uh, he then starts making, like, Yakuza films, and there was, like, a period okay. in the in the early 2000s. Oh, this is what I love about foreign cinema, though. Yeah. Like, you can just rabbit hole in this there's some stuff. really There's some really cool some films. Some of the Korean gangster films are, yeah. like, really yeah, yeah. good. Like, a Bittersweet Symphony is one of my favorite. Uh, um, Kang Yeah, and... Uh, then he went and did one of my all-time visually favorite films. You've got to watch that if you haven't already. It's mm. called Dolls. And it's based on Kibuki Theater. But it's oh. like a portmanteau, four pieces. And yeah. it's just visually stunning. Like he said that he was inspired by a painting. Anytime they go back to that. So one of my favorite Takashi Miike, because that guy makes a ton of films. Mm. He's like, a, I always love the crazy ones. I love Takashi Miike, Gaspar No, the ones that are just really out there. Yeah. But he did, a couple years back, he did a kabuki one. Like, a, 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 it was deliberately set at a Japanese theater yeah. and it was a modern setting. So it was telling you like modern. This That's stuff. cool. And it was, I mean, it's him. So it was bizarre David yeah. Lynch style, but awesome at the same yeah. time. Ooh, um, so it's called Dolls, you said. It's called Dolls. Uh, and he also did one of my favorite samurai films, Ever, which is called Zatoichi the Blind Swordsman. Yeah, everyone loves um, Zatoichi. And uh, obviously, yeah, there's lots of films that have been made about him okay. and stuff like that. But but this one in particular is just phenomenal. So I think it's a good discussion point. And unfortunately, this is a show where we do have discussion points. So I'm going to stop a little bit to talk about like so. So Scarlett Johansson, mm. in that context of what you're talking mm. about, you feel. I don't know if you feel you you were you were with a woman who felt that. That was taking the role from yes. someone who should have had yeah. it, and and I'm sorry, I'm just probing a little bit. Yeah, like, yeah. are you saying you agreed with that when you watched it? Did it feel like Scarlett had kind of stolen this from someone else? It didn't feel like she'd stolen it from someone else. It's not really like no, that. No, we know that. Yeah. We respect that, Scarlett. Like, we're not saying you stole what, anything. We're just... What it felt like was probably what it was, which was let's get the biggest name we possibly can into this role, and we don't really care if she's Asian or not. And I think that there was a lot of like money and, and production elements coming from Japan, right? Because it's originally an, an animated an, an animated film, uh, Ghost in the Shell, and they did the OVA and, and all that kind of mm. stuff as well. Um, but it just felt unnecessary. And the story's different. Like this, yeah. the, the other reason I liked Ghost in the Shell, because uh, I like this movie, because I love mm. Scarlett Johansson. She's yeah. one of my favorite actresses. Uh, actors, sorry. Um, but they change enough of it so it's not the same story. It's right. definitely not the anime. Like the I, anime, I, I like that a lot. The anime is completely different head trip for you. Like it's a great if you haven't seen the anime. That is like top five on everyone's yeah. list. Like it's just a weird thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. And you need it to watch. Inspired it. the Matrix. I yeah. mean, directly and so many know? other things. Yeah, and, right. And lots so of it's other like stuff, yeah. this was not that. This was more an action movie take on. Well, if we made a more practical story, mm. what would it look like? And there was for, a lot you know, of stuff thinking that, about for Western audiences. Yeah, yeah. And there was a lot of stuff that I liked. Um, visually, it's stunning. Yeah, visually so amazing. Stunning. Like the a proper color, good color palette they used for that. Like just one of my favorites. proper good like sci-fi movie, which is totally in my wheelhouse. It just it it kind of brought up that that thought in my mind again. And thinking about it, I was like, "There's no reason why Scarlett Johansson should." be playing this role other now, than she's a big name and they thought that it would bring more people you know to the cinema and i think that it's it's a it's an antiquated way of looking at film well and, and it's it's the kind of thing that that's why i think it's important to talk about this because i'll mention a little bit about what i watched this week we'll filter into this a little bit but 
there's just, in my view, and I'm, this is not a unique view. I'm not intelligent for saying it. Like, everyone's saying it right now. But Hollywood is getting very antiquated with the way they look at production. Mm. They only want to touch stuff that has IP. Right. And I understand that from a business point. Like, it's because you can't risk the numbers. But if it's such, if you're in such a state creatively where you cannot rely on new things because it's just not financially viable, then the system is broken. Right. And it has to be figured out. You know what I mean? And the problem is you have, in my view, and I don't know if this is true or not. It's just how it feels. Okay, guys? But you have so many big houses now because they all consolidated making big movies with a bunch of execs sitting on it that no one wants to take the gamble. No one wants to lose. And I think that feeds into as well one of my other qualms is this huge reliance now on celebrity culture, Mm. um, which has also bred like celebrity fandom. Mm. And it's just like... I don't know. I'm not trying to say I'm better than anybody, but I am a bit of a purist when it comes to stuff like that. And I'm like, go back to basic film, guys. Like, what is it? It's a guy with a camera or a girl with a camera filming something or a non-binary with camera, you know, filming something and expressing, uh, you know, I'm not saying it always has to be that. And certainly the box office needs to be different than that because everybody needs to go to the box office. But there's room for, for, for everything. Like well, saying, there right? has to be room for yeah. it because you can write, you know, writers do it all the time. You will write yourself into a corner. And I just feel like Hollywood has been told now for almost a decade, you are writing yourself into a corner. You will fall apart at some point yeah. when people get tired of, the of these franchises. Old, yeah, yeah. You know, and unfortunately you have things, unfortunately or unfortunately, however you look at it, you have things like the MCU, which they'll always fire back with and say, no, 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 but yeah. we have Marvel. And like, yeah. I'm not knocking that. Yeah, yeah. If you've heard any of the podcasts, <laughs> I think it's one of the greatest film Marvels, no pun intended, of mm. all time mm. like he you know Kevin Victoria and, and Louise have, have really nailed something that no one else has done before but that's one group of people mm. that does not mean that every major studio on the block mm. needs to be following that the only people I really say pushing boundaries and they get shit on because they're not indie enough is someone like A24 yeah. <laughs> so I guess I'll start out with that that was the mm. first thing I watched half of it because my wife fell asleep but I watched The Tragedy of Macbeth, yeah, um, which has its good points and has its bad points. Mm. The good points being it is beautiful. Mm. It is, if you like The Green Knight, which most people did, mm. you know, that, that are going to watch The Tragedy of Macbeth, mm. and you are a purist and love pure Shakespeare, like, this is getting there, man. Like, this was really good. It's, um, it's one of the Coen brothers, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. That's right. And I didn't know that when I was watching it, and, mm. and, and I can see a little bit of that influence there. It does have a, a slightly Fargo-esque feel mm. or a Barton Fink kind right, of right, right, right. surrealism to it that yeah, I always yeah. love about the Coen brothers yeah, so they, yeah, yeah. you know how I am about magical surrealism yeah, yeah. you can make they're, they're magical the things seem shit. real like yeah. that's the best kind of film to me yeah, yeah. didn't work for me and I'm not it had nothing to do with the color of his skin and I'm mm. saying that as a mixed race guy Denzel Washington as Macbeth did not work for oh, me at all because really? he doesn't change the voice he just sounds like Denzel Washington mm. in the line of fire and it was like no like you're in Scotland you're a Scottish Lord, like, mm. please try. Mm. And it was like, I don't know if he didn't try or he just thought it'd be futile. Mm. You know what I mean? He was like, there's no point. I'm not going to get it. Or or he was proud about it and said, mm. I'm going to act this the way I want to act this, which is fine. It's your, your acting. It just didn't resonate with me because you're doing Shakespeare. Fair enough, and yeah. so when he delivered the lines, I was like, and it wasn't, you know, it's not like I haven't heard theatrical lines delivered by people of color. I love Hamilton, which is, you know, very much that. And I know some of that's written for more of an, you know, whatever wasn't the color of the skin. Like, mm. and I really tried with that because I do have that I'm mixed. 
And I was raised white, so I can be really prejudiced about that stuff mm. when you come down to it, being completely honest on air. Mm. And I really thought about it, and it was just, you know, I put it back on again, and it was just, it just kept jarring me out. Only because no one else in the film mm. has a star-studded cast. Right. You know, you've got Lady Macbeth is... Um, Frances McDormand. That's right. Yeah. She's brilliant at it. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of the, another guy we like. One of the guys from... Uh, I'm terrible with this. Ed's the guy who knows all the names. But uh, one of the guys from Gangs of New York. Uh, Liam Neeson? Nope. Nope. No, uh, no. But but that age. Like that guy. Like old guy. like that. Brendan oh. Gleeson? Maybe. Yes. The, yes. The Irish guy. Who's Irish guy. Also, also in Braveheart. Plays plays the dude with the big red hair. Yes, with the beard. Yeah, Brendan Gleeson. Boom! Yeah. Boom, baby! That's how we do it in this house. <laughs> tick, tick, boom! <laughs> so... But they all delivered, and maybe that's just you know that's what I mean. Like I felt prejudiced by saying this is and being it, like, is it oh. because like Denzel is is Denzel and he's like a star, right? In right, he's just delivering Denzel, and yeah, you're like, yeah. oh come on, I can on, see man. that, I can see and, that. And don't get me wrong, like it's only because the rest of it is so not Denzel. Like yeah. Denzel, I know from like action movies, yeah. dramas with really really big plots, and he's like, an incredible actor. No one's denying that. But so so is Tom Cruise, for example. Yeah, and there's films that you don't want to see Tom Cruise pop up in. Because it's Tom Cruise. I, I don't know. And, and this is the thing. Like, I don't know what he could have done to please me on that. And that's why I feel terrible. Yeah, that's, it's, like, it's tough. It's, it's, just, it's and, casting, and it, did, right? it didn't shit on the film. Like, I no, love the film. No, and it was no. just like, I just didn't particularly appreciate the performance. Like, yeah, it was yeah. just like, yeah. you know, I just don't think you do Shakespeare, maybe. Yeah, that's yeah. all. That's fine. You know, I, don't, I don't do Shakespeare. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, so watch that. And, and that's like, again, that's creative to me. I know that that's old IP. You're mm. taking, and I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Open up Shakespeare's, you know, buy Arden's complete works of Shakespeare mm. pick one and make it yeah, why yeah. I you know there's no licensing on yeah, it. you yeah. can do whatever you want and man those are classics yeah, they're yeah. easy too yeah. like most people studied them in school that's what I'm saying if you want to go back to old IP then do a retake or you know go back to the classics mm. or something like that something we haven't seen yeah. you know a thousand times yeah but then the other thing I watched this week was Scream 5 yes and I had really mixed preach. feelings about it wow I'm not gonna preach because God knows some of the listeners are Fright Festers and man when I went on the Fright Fest wars before I saw this everybody was like oh my god oh my god it's the greatest thing oh my god it's the greatest thing oh my god I loved it I loved it I didn't mm. okay I just didn't I, I didn't think there was anything original about it and, mm. and the problem is it, it wanted to be so original mm. it wanted to be so clever it even uses the name Wes a bunch of times and it does things like that to get you to think oh to me it was like a fucking Dan Brown novel it was like guys like if you haven't figured out this goddamn plot in mm. 10 seconds mm. you haven't watched any of the Scream films before and the worst thing is the whole time they're doing this they're making fun of the Scream they're called mm. Stab in the movie because right. obviously that was the movie that was thinking oh you've seen Stab 8 haven't you done this and I told you like it's the same problem I have with The Matrix when they make fun of video games. Like, mm. don't make fun of things that your audience is clearly going to go see. Why mm. are you making fun of serial killer films when this is what you're making? Yeah. Like, that's dumb. Yeah. That's you saying that you don't even believe in the product that you have. Because it has these discussions. Like, one of the opening bits is the you know, the youngest victim, as it would be. And she's, you know, I won't ruin it for you, but she's the first, mm. you know, the thing. And, you know, they're asking about what are your favorite mm. scary movies? Like, oh, I like the Babadook and mm. I like this. And then they make fun of that. And it's mm. like, oh, movies, you know, horror movies have gotten so high concept these mm. days. And so one of the other characters, the one I told you is Jamie Kennedy's, the, the character who Jamie Kennedy was in the yeah. show. Like, I can't remember his name offhand. Randy. That's it. Randy's niece. Mm. Um, goes on and talks about the requel. 
Mm. And it's a remake and a sequel at the same mm. time. And she's so excited about it. And she's got this face and the camera's focusing on her. And the whole time I just want to stick the finger up at the camera and be like, man, fuck off. Like, I know what this is. That's why I came to watch it. It's number five in your list. I saw the fourth one, which was ten years ago, which was the same as this. It was mm. them trying to say, aren't we so meta for yeah. talking about the Screams thing. Mm. The third one was like that, except it still had all the original cast. Mm. The worst bit to me again, is bringing in that original cast again mm. and bringing them back and making them the forefront. It was it was worse than in Ghostbusters. In Ghostbusters, I could put up with it because they only show up for like really yeah, for 10 minutes yeah. and they're only there to like give a blessing and say yeah. like, okay. Now this was, the, the, the plot then turns and then becomes them again mm. being chased by the bad guy. Okay. And they're all grown up now and this is why I get pissed because it's all like, we're all grown up now so this is what grown ups are like. Like, I'm a grown up. I'm not like that at all. So please well, stop putting words in my mouth. Grown yeah. up. You know. Well, I never <laughs> Peter Pan forever. But... But you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, it, yeah. The, I can't, and I and it's it's it wouldn't be bad if it wasn't what the Bill and Ted, Matrix, mm, yeah. Ghostbusters, yeah. Bad this, Boys Three, yeah, Bad Boys. I actually like out of all of those, out of all of those, I probably like Bad Boys Three the most, hundred percent, because but, it didn't play with me. Like it was like yeah. this is another sequel to a film we know you saw ten years ago, and we know has been running forever. Martin Lawrence surprisingly is still quite funny. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, me too. I I enjoyed that probably the most um but it feels a little bit in that kind of like let's rehash this and let's bring people back and isn't nostalgia wonderful and honestly like a, a part of it like has to be put on stranger things i think stranger things kind of you know blew the nostalgia cork out of the bottle it's kind fine of thing. the concept for stranger things is so different from what we're doing here from a business perspective mm. stranger things was, i think from a story perspective it was, well. it was it wasn't the dust brothers it was a pair of brothers what, what brothers no, no, the was dust it? brothers the 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 because the, the dust brothers are from from um fight club they're the ones uh, who do the music okay that. no and they were a famous dj yeah group. but it yeah you're right it sounds like the duffer the duffer brothers duffer brothers that's yeah. it so the duffer brothers came to netflix at some point and and said this is our idea we think it's going to be really good and it, as much as I'm about to shit on them later in the show, like Netflix was good. And they said, here's some money. Yeah. Go out and make it. We wonder what it'll do. And yeah. they gave them a lot of money and it ended up being amazing. Yeah. This is not that. This is someone in a writer's room saying like, why don't we try this? And then 10 other writers getting together and saying, okay, we'll build out Scream 5 mm. and we'll make it for the studio and we'll know it'll get made because the IP's there. What they're neglecting is that those 10 writers should be working on other things. New things. New things. Yeah. Stuff that is original. And there are plenty of good writers out there. If you don't believe me, you know, look at anything Donald Glover's doing at the moment. You know, everything he writes. Lin-Manuel Miranda, another one. Like, there are talented artists out there. And we know, God knows how many, that don't even get the light of day. And so, why are we wasting time with shit we've already seen when there is a plethora? People starving from, you know, the age 20 onward. Maybe even younger than that. You know, we know tons of these people trying to get work made. Mm. And that's just, it's because I'm passionate about what I do. And it's like, this is stupid. Yeah. You keep looking the wrong way. Look at the people with good ideas. And that's why we do the film festival circuits and stuff like that. As I said, Ghost Waits, you know, and I'm yeah. not just blowing smoke up at Adam Stovall's ass, man. He's a good buddy of mine. But that is one of the greatest movies I saw in the last four years. Because it was so honest. It was blood-curling, sad, and tearfully honest. Mm. Like, I would go for a hundred films like that because, in a, you know, and it's not like I was the only one. The entire theater I was in at the time stood up to cheer for the film. Mm. Like, it can be done, guys. Yeah. You just have to be careful. My problem is I think people are getting lazy. I think it's like, well, if I spend 10 hours reading these, you know, 20 scripts, then maybe I'll find one that's worked and maybe it'll work out. Because that's our life, guys. That's what it's like being on our end is like, 
we have to try so hard when we talk about this with Tick, Tick, Boom in just a second. But you have to do so many iterations of what you do until one of them finally gets there and one of them finally yeah. you know, nails it through. I don't know why executives don't have to be in the same goddamn position. Yeah, it's it's tough, isn't it? Because Sorry. kind of like like no, like <laughs> like you like you said earlier, like it's it's people just looking at the bottom line and and thinking that pre-existing IP with you know fans already that that are in the bag and you've got their money. And to be fair, just because I can I can explain this term to you as well because I always say the bottom line and I'm I'm wrong with that. This is from a business standpoint. This the problem is they're looking at what's called top line. Mm. So you have top line and bottom line. And this is a very quick business course because I have to do this in my day job all the time. Bottom line is when you're talking about how much profit do we make after we take out all the taxes, we take out all the costs and everything we do. How much do we make at the end? Mm. Top line is when you're just looking at your revenue. How many people are going to go see the show and pay for a movie? Mm. Before I take out all my costs mm. and everything else, how much can I make? Right. And right now, every major studio is only focused on that top line. Mm. They're only saying, how many billions can I make in the right. theaters? Like, that is not the point, guys. Like, art cannot function on a mass production level every time. <coughs> and so... That's my problem right now. I'm saying like everything I'm seeing is just going on and on and on for that top line. Mm. So yeah, and I think there's also, and again, this is definitely something that that will lead into tick tick boom. Huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> he took out his earphones. Like sorry for blowing your eardrums out. I got passionate about something. I'm sorry. Um, but there is something to be said for someone giving their life over to something. I mean, I mean, you know, Rosa. What, what am I supposed to do next? <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, but it is. It's it's part of the game. It's part of you know the business, whatever you want to kind of call it. And you know you have to you have to crack on because you know because the guy that cracked on in this movie, like just skipping you to the end on this one, like this is the whole point of why this should hit most creatives. Is like this guy finally got his dream and he died. Yeah, yeah. Never got died to the day. They died the day it happened. Like. Mm. And you know what? Like, I bet you he died happy because of that. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you'd you'd hope that, uh, yeah. That I mean, he, he died was... in his sleep. I think so. I don't yeah. think I don't think he died with anything. But yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, that, that he felt like he'd hopefully he, kind of he felt fulfilled because a lot of artists yeah. don't. That's the other yeah. thing that happens is that even the ones that are successful. One of my favorite to read about is F. Scott Fitzgerald mm. because he was a wonderful writer but a shit script writer. Mm. And so if you read Sid, was it Sid? Was the one I was reading before the screenplay book? Uh, Sid Sidfield. Sidfield. I mean, he spends a long time dishing on Fitzgerald mm. and being like, "This is this guy could never figure it out." And he mm. was he spent his entire like the latter half of his life after he'd made one of the greatest novels of all time. <laughs> kicking himself just that he just was a shit yeah. script writer yeah. and so that's what i mean like you know you may never be satisfied in the creative space but you have to keep trying mm-hmm. and, and i think yeah. the business has to keep trying as well i applaud efforts like a24 to at least try to expand what is in pop culture that's what people are missing yes they're indie but indies are always on the rise new line cinema that made scream you know was a small studio at when it made point, yeah. nightmare on elm street guys now it's no longer around anymore it was bought out by paramount but that's what i mean like we have yeah. to get back down to some of these small studios popping up again and stop thinking it as the biggest nosedive anyone's ever taken financially. Mm. Like, you know, the numbers don't lie. These things always do well in a recession Mm. because people want to have fantasy when they're they're poor. So, you know, that's what I mean. I just think it'd be great to kick the tires a little bit and start thinking of new IP because I just don't see a lot of it. You know, we and, and the problem is 
the ones I do see are not promoted to any sort of successful way. Right. So and the feel, 355 it, came out this week, which yeah. looked really good. Yeah. Three women, like secret agent spies. Yeah. Uh, Super one of, international. One of our favorite is Bryce's. She directed it. It's Bryce. Uh, Bryce, Bryce Dallas Howard. Oh, my, oh yeah. my God. Like, mm. love to have a coffee with that woman. She's mm. so cool. Yeah. I didn't go see it, though, because I had 10 other things. I was like, oh, Spider-Man 3 is playing and this and this and this. Yeah. And I'm like, it, it, it was only in like two screenings. And it's like... That film should have been promoted because it, mm. it's a franchise that could build mm. something that's going to take them forward as opposed to hanging on to these old franchises that are just, you know. Yeah, yeah. It Sorry, feels man. like screaming into into the ether sometimes though, doesn't it? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, we are screaming into the ether. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully someone is listening on the other side. I said, we're not execs. And so yeah. we don't always have the power to change this specifically. But it's just the kind of thing that... I, I just wish someone like Netflix would kind of go out on a limb and it looked like they did for a little while with the Duffer Brothers and stuff like that but it just feels like again they are just focused on you know well, yeah I mean subscribers ne- right? Netflix like, has got problems now because their their subscription you know this this is the business end of things that I get to read about like their subscriptions did not reach the numbers that they wanted. Their mm. share price has been horribly inflated for a long time mm. and that's a long conversation but that's mm. because you know you Usually, like, share price isn't, like, jiggery-pokery, guys. It's a little bit of jiggery-pokery. But it should be based on financial data. That's, again, in my day job, that's what I spend all day doing, looking at, whatever. Mm. But there is a reason that companies should be priced the way they are and people will buy shares and whatever. Mm. Netflix has a really high valuation and has been up there with the Facebooks and the Googles of the world. But, again, I've been the one that says, I don't understand where that comes from. Because all you're relying on is a subscription model, and they they claim things. They claim, oh, everybody's watching this, and everybody, we we have the figures to show you for this, but we don't release them. So we're telling you from our data that we're not releasing to you. You know, I'm the kind of guy, I want to look at the data. I want to see what does the data say, because what are you not telling me about the data? I, You know, in my view, because the only other way for Netflix, there, there are three ways for Netflix to make money. Streaming and subscribers, merchandising. And then capital investment. Now, I've heard they're going to start buying out movie theaters and using those. I can't say I think that's a bad idea. I think that's a great idea because you need to keep the revenue coming in somehow. Mm. But Don't they get into trouble, though, becoming like a distributor? all sorts of laws. Yeah, they'll have to negotiate the regulatory environment for that because it's different in the States and over here. You know what I mean? You'd know more about that working at a movie theater than I would, but... It's tough. It's it's the kind of thing I would love for us, you know, to, that, that's something I was thinking about yesterday. I was like, you know, God, this day job gets me the money I need. Like, let's open up a film theater of our own. You know what I mean? <laughs> I would love to be able to take a day and just you know, take a, a year and screen the movies I want to screen. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, so pick fun. the movies that I want. and Because I think people would come. I think people would definitely come. Mm. But that's my point. It's like there's not a big room anymore because... Everything's been consolidated and everyone says there's no money. There is money in film. The problem is the cost of making films that we're talking about, like the Hollywood films, has gotten astronomically crazy. So it's one of the things, you know, if you want to know a little bit inside the studio, my mission statement, the reason I exist as a film person, is to get people to make films for less money. And I just, that's, you know, if anyone who's worked with me will tell you that. Like, I am the biggest asshole when it comes to your costs. Why? Because you can always do it cheaper with the same amount of quality. You know what I mean? And I, people will disagree with that left, right, and say, no, you can't, Jason. I need money for this. Like, no, limit your budget and you will get the best results because all of a sudden you're having to think about what you're doing as opposed to just pointing the camera. 
And so that's that's just how I am about things. And, you know, it works sometimes and other times it's a complete flop. So whatever. But that's, I think, what more people need to get on mentality about because then we will build some studios that can that can at least fill this middle ground, this this need for new talent, this need for new rising. Mm. I don't know. Maybe they say this every 20, 30 years. You know, I, I don't yeah, know yeah. how cyclical this is. It just feels bad. There's too, It's because I'm going to the theater every week and mm. all I'm ever catching... You know, and it's my own fault because I said I didn't go to the three oh, show, right? <laughs> but, but all I'm ever catching is, is you yeah. know, remnants of other things, yeah. you know, old things. And they're not good. That's yeah. the problem. They're not they're not taking me anywhere new. Mm. You know, I have to see things like the Green Knight. As I said, I'm really thinking about switching the membership to the Curzon just because Licorice Pizza, I, that was cool to me. Now, mm. I know that's, that's, that's big Hollywood and Paul Thomas Anderson, but at least it was original. You know what I mean? I haven't seen anything like that before. Mm. So, tick, tick, boom. Yes, all right, so do you want to talk about the douche first? <laughs> I Only mean... Only because I'll forget otherwise. Sure. No, I just... I did make a comment to Becky when that came in, because mm. I was like, yeah. So set set the scene. They're, they're at a birthday party uh, at John's apartment for his girlfriend. And that's the main character, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, they're all musical theater actors, or they used to be. This is the life, yeah. Bohemia. Yeah. Brilliant. It's the truth. There's there's a great little kind of sing-along that they this do. This is the thing. I don't ever know if you'd, you'd like New York better than you like L.A., you know what I mean? Because mm. New York is definitely more my vibe, mm. you know? Yeah. Uh, and uh, one of them has brought, uh, uh, like, a friend from, from, what, grade school or something that he knew from way back when, and he just really wanted to go to a party at an artist's house. Heard you guys got the best drugs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, he is kind of, the, as a character, he's definitely put there to be like, ugh, this guy who, like, works in the city and finance and, you know, like, is completely inappropriate and doesn't understand what's going on. And Eddie's, Eddie's, like, Eddie's like more incensed about this than I am, and I love it because he's sticking up for me because he has been in... I think the worst we ever had with that was when we saw... You watched that with me. We watched... It was a good film. I liked it. Joe a lot. Lynch film. Yeah. So Joe, you didn't do a bad job with it, but man, you've never watched Mayhem? it. Mayhem? Mayhem, that was it. It's all about like a corporation that like something gets in the water and all of a sudden it really is mayhem. Yeah. And it's a great film, so go out and catch it. But like it just played too much into I work in the corporate world, so it played too much into the tropes. And, and I'm it, like and it and it kind of it's the same thing as you know, the thing in the Matrix. Sorry, I've had which, a lot of rants today. Yeah, you have. <laughs> uh, which is actually one of the things that I really liked in 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 Tick Tick Boom that he, uh, so he's in the film. We're following him as he's working on this musical that he's been working on for eight years called Superbia, and it's like a set in the future and like it's it's he he explains it so well when 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 he talks about it but i thought it sounded awesome i was like i'd love to watch that musical <laughs> i knew you would but it was like i totally got whatever it was like it's really complicated because <laughs> like, that's sci-fi like sci-fi does not enter mainstream because of that because usually inside it's the science part it's the yeah. whole like this is what we're but it, it was a very interesting kind of because he he talks about it being for the MTV generation and and celebrity culture and stuff. Ooh, like. We think about the timing of this, yeah, right? Yeah, so this, and it this, felt super prescient. It was like I mean I guess in his time I can't remember if the first real world had come out yet because mm. that is the original like at least in America that is the start of reality, reality TV. TV and it runs only on that show. That is the only show we have for like 
seven or eight years and then Survivor comes out and people are like oh this is really cool and then there was an explosion then, yeah, then big, all... big Brother hit quite hard in Europe and, and you know the production the, the thing is the production value all of a sudden you don't even have to hire actors people want to become actors yeah. they want to just be that's why On TV t- today's yeah. reality TV is like scripted reality like like it's it's actors kind of mm. you know what I mean they, yeah. they know they have a general role they have to play yeah no, um, I, I definitely twigged on that as well. And that's why I'm like, yeah, man. Was... <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so it kind of it kind of bothered me a little bit that that moment with uh, with the finance bro. Um, See, I let it out for you. I let that. Mm. That's you know, I put it away for most. It didn't bother me at the mm. time. I was laughing with Becky. I said that does happen. Like you will see the rich guy hang out with everybody else. I mean, to a certain extent, dude, I'm like that. I'm mean, like we have to have finance. And well, that's, that's the other thing that you shouldn't make fun of it for. Like, right, exactly. you know, these are the these same people that people help that, you make your yeah, stuff. So exactly. don't always shit on finance. Yeah. Okay, like try to be nice to them. Uh, but um, like I, I'm, I'm a kind of person who likes going to a party at an artist's house and. Like I remember, as a, I was at a house of a friend in in Seoul, and you know, like in one room, there's people jamming and and playing music together. In another room, like people are just talking. So about that art that scene and... must have like brought you to your knees then, because that, that is also... that, that is bohemian culture, yeah. my friend. Like that... that, and that is New York. That's why I say to you, like I'm not. I don't know. L. A. is cool too. I, you know, but but. That bohemian culture—that mm. is New York, man. That's and, the village. And I, that's... I experienced that to a, obviously a much lesser extent right. but in Korea. You that's know, that's why I'm always so jelly because you had your little. That's why I always talk about it. Mm. I like his little commune out there, and, yeah, yeah. and I guess it's because like it's showing you an image of the reason. I guess we appreciate it, guys. Is like I don't want to say we didn't have the guts to do that, but. You know, it was one of those things that we didn't... I never did that in my life. I wish I had. Yeah. You know, uh, and I won't get the opportunity again, really. Like, I, I, you know, I love the job I have as my day job. I have a family to support. Like, it's just the way things go. Filmmakers are built of all different types. Mine is never going to be anymore. Yeah. You know, living in a flat with four other people and jamming out and things. I try... You know, this is why my house is a bit of a flop house. My wife gets mad about this because I love... Having people over for yeah. the same reason, and Ed knows this. Like, I just want a house full of creative people talking about things because it's fun. Yeah. But you know, in reality, like, I'm still a family guy. I'm generally on my own with my wife and my daughter, and you know, I'm not saying that in a depressing way. It's just you know, no, it's it's, it's a- how it's how you get you know to to the artistic stuff and and wanting to express. Yeah, that's why know. things like Fright Fest are so cool. Or and I gotta go to more film festivals. That's the other thing I was thinking about this year. Like I need to get out a little bit more to meet because it's a really fun part. It just depends on how open you are. The only thing difference from a film festival versus Bohemian culture. Bohemian culture, you're all there. So whether you're shy or not, you're gonna be out there, right? Mm. And a film festival, like people don't always know to reach out. Like I'm, I'm just not one of those people that cares. So I go talk to it's anybody easy, I want. It's easy to hide as well and just go and watch it movies. Is. I, my first. Couple of years, that's what I did. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I still remember this guy who runs the Soho Horror Show, Mitch. He's a really cool guy. And I, I'm sorry, man, I still haven't caught many of the Soho, the Soho uh, the horror film stuff that you put up. But he sat in front of me, my first Fright Fest. And then, like, five years later, I was like, do you realize you were, like, the coolest guy in the world to me? He's like, why? Because like, you had all these horror friends and, like, everybody <laughs> talked to you. And he's like, me? And I'm like, yeah, Mitch. And he's like, really? And he was really, he's really sweet about it. But, yeah, I mean, it's just... All you have to do is reach out at places like that, and there are people ready to be like, "Yeah, let's hang out, man. Let's have fun." Yeah, it's how it's how you find your people. You know? So, but going back to tick tick boom, I yep. mean, I don't think we're going to talk about this very technically. You know, I just don't think. I think it's really the story here that hits us because it's a story that every creative can mm. hear. Because being a creative, what I was going to say in the first impression, I didn't want to put it there. It could be too long because I'm talking a mile a minute right now. 
being a creative can be very isolating, incredibly yeah. isolating. Now I'm in the you know the depths of writing right now, and that is incredibly isolating. You just always feel like people don't understand you. You're people in a vacuum, you know. You, and yeah. this shows that he you know yeah. he loses his girlfriend over oh, this. And that scene, oh, I love it because that's how it works. Yeah, and she's looking at is, you man. like, why? And you're like, I mean, I'm married, but and, don't get, and, don't think that hasn't happened in a marriage. No. My wife's like, why are you doing this? Because like, I have to. I don't know what else to do. Yeah. And and like. I felt so bad because, like, she has a lot of very good points, you know. But I was, I was like, but yes. you, you internally were retching at the thought of him moving out to the Berkshires. Well, it was, it was more about like when she's like, why, why does this have to be everything? And my answer, like. I'm literally watching it and I literally answer out loud and I'm like, because it has to be. It's because you, it, it's who you are. It's, it has to be everything. That That's the part that Ed managed to pry out of my soul. That he saw and that my wife kind of saw. That's why my wife bought me the guitar. But, you know, that... If you're a creative person, I'm not saying everybody has to be this way or every creative has to be the way. But for me, like, it is part of you. It is... You are a person that wants to express yourself that way. And when you don't do that, which is where I can relate, when you don't do that, especially over a long period of time, it has a negative effect on your soul. Like, I, I think it's a very human thing. People, think, people talk about like, you know, lots of stuff like that, like, like trying to get out of the, the rat race. I don't think you need to do stuff like that. I just think... Something to kind of fill that, that like hole in your soul. Yeah, it was like, I guess the last time we talked about this, Ed and I was like, I'm going through all this like 2011 to 2015 stuff when I was really heavy. So I first started my job, you know, in the city and I was working really hard. I was like, Ed, why don't I know any popular music from that? I'm going back now. No music, no movies. You know, and he was like, I don't know, man. And one was I had a kid, you know, that'll do it. And that's completely excusable for those of you I had a friend I just found out that she's having a baby and I was like oh good luck because yeah. like those first <laughs> see you in five years exactly those first couple of years it depends some parents can get away with it especially if you have grandparents nearby yeah. we never did so you know our life was revolved around watching Frozen 35 times and, <laughs> you know my dad still laughs it in the night garden because I, I still remember this right like I, I used to rush home from my job to go watch this was the last thing that was on CBBS at night for my daughter and I mean, that show is on crack. You know? mm. I mean, I don't know if you've ever watched an episode, no. but it's like, there's the higgledy piggledies and the, the jiggly boos. <laughs> then the worst thing was, there were these, there were generally, sorry, I jumped from one story to the other, but there were generally these big inflatable things called harboos that all they did was inflate, then the, the sound went silent, and they had these big eyes and stared at you. They scared the living shit out of me every time. So Becky still will walk up to me and go, harboos. <laughs> at any rate like you know your life changes because of these things yeah. but what I realized is that the city was draining some of this from me and you gotta have a life and I work with a hundred million people that don't like not a hundred million people but you know what I mean yeah, like, yeah. like a lot of people who don't think this way and I, I see how it affects them like have something else you know yeah. and I think if you're a creative person don't ever doubt that you are run with it yeah you don't have to be it doesn't have to be like it is in this movie that's the only thing yeah that I was like, uh, with kids, because this is how I used to think as a child. I used mm. to watch stuff like this and be like, oh, I'm not, I'm never going to be special right. because I'm not that guy. Like, you don't have to yeah. be that guy. You probably are that guy and just don't realize it. You and, know? and it's not about making it, really. No. It's about living your life. It's about being feeling fulfilled. Well, it was, it was the other, like you said, the girl makes good arguments because that's her half of it. She's mm. like, I don't, 
care if I'm in the limelight or not. Mm. I just want to be a dancer. You mm. know what I mean? Yeah. And so she just wanted to do it. And we have friends that are like that. Yeah. You know, we have buddies who live, you know, outside in the in the sticks and stuff and make their own stuff. But mm. you know, it won't go very far because it's in the sticks. Well, and that's know. okay. Like, if, but if that's yeah, exactly, that's if where that, they want to be. If that's what what kind of sparks your joy. But, you know, um, you know, one of my favorite guys in my life that I, I had the joy of meeting, I won't say his name just because I don't know if he'd appreciate it or not, but he was, he was a boyfriend of my sister, uh, my first guitar instructor and a really good guy. But um, when I knew him, you know, back when he was teaching me guitar, it was when John Frusciani left the Chili Peppers. And he was a phenomenal guitarist, played all over the place. And the Chili Peppers came to him in Cincinnati mm. and just said to him and said, you want to come with us now? Mm. We, we love the way you play. Mm. You know, you played the show for them in Cincinnati. Yeah, you did a great yeah. job. And they're like, we need a new guy. Mm. And he said no. Oh, wow. And he said no because he played in a local band with two of our other friends, two of my sister's friends, you know, friends of mine as well. Still plays in the band with those guys. Mm-hmm. Um and he's a music teacher, and that's what he wanted to do. Mm. And so, and and I tell you to this day, like I talked to him. How long ago? I need to talk to him again because he doesn't know I'm playing guitar again. But I talked to him like a year ago, and he's fine. Like mm. he's happy. He's married. He has a kid. You know everything. And it's like, and that's just the way he was. He's one of the most chill people I've ever met. That's why yeah. I love him so much. And it's like that's it. You mm. know what I mean? Like that. It doesn't have to be everything. You yeah. know what I mean? And the problem is we sit around with so many people that that's how they feel, and that is clearly what's happening in Tick Tick Boom. Yeah, and and to be fair, it's it's kind of the environment that you're kind of placed in uh, of what success means. You know, when you want to make music, when you want to create film. Well, he, he did, theater, he did that, right? He's like, you know? Sodom had it at twenty seven. This person had it then. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. You can't do that. Yeah, like, yeah. There was a quote somebody showed to me yesterday. Hey, you know, there's, just, there's someone at my at my day job that puts a quote every day, and I'm like, oh. But I end up reading them, and so I'm like, ah, I can't hate the guy for it. Um, and one was about like how comparison is the the antithesis of creativity. Yes, and it is because the minute you start saying, "Oh, what are they doing? What are they doing?" Then you'll stop creating because you'll be worried. That but it's also inevitable. We all do it. Oh, all the time. You know? All the time. Like I said, this is in the repertoire. So there's now like a stick of movies that I would tell you to watch, like when you're feeling down about things. The, the first is the Clapboard Jungle. Mm-hmm. I always love that. It's Justin McDermott, and he made this really great documentary about the film he tried to make that took forever. Finally, gets it in the end. But man, if you ever want to see an indie filmmaker struggle, mm-hmm. wow, he has some really depressing moments on that film. And anybody who watches it gets kind of depressed afterwards. But then you can watch a film like this, mm-hmm. and it will kind of take you back in the right direction. Indie game, the movie is another one. I always say people should be. You know, we had a podcast on that one. Maybe mm. I'll put it in the in the in the comment section. But you know, it's another one that'll just remind you that like it's it's all about expression. It's mm. all about taking what you have and putting it something. Well, another one that I would put in there a little bit. Um, is La La Land. I've never watched that. It, it's definitely one that made me, like, just feel good about chasing the dream, you know? Um, that's that's the L.A. musical, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Damien Chazelle, Ryan Gosling, Emma, Emma Stone. Okay, I got that one right. Good. <laughs> I confuse her. Who do I always confuse her with? Uh, is it Olivia Munn? Or Daisy, no. Um, Who knows? Jay, <laughs> I love it. It's like, what? You confuse a girl with what? Like, oh, Jay, it's you. Yeah. To you, it's like she has red hair. You know? Ma- Maisie Williams, is that who you confuse her with? I don't know. I don't, I'll have to go back to the old podcast. <laughs> and you're like, no, you're talking about her. I'm like, ah. Oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, really, really good. And, and, and this one kind of does, you know, s- some, some of the same things, I think. But... I feel it's much more from a writer's perspective, whereas La La Land is about a performer's perspective, you know? Definitely. And I think it's one part of the multiple things going on in this film. Mm. So we would talk this whole time because that's what struck with us is the creative aspect. Mm. And the other thing that's going on in this is this huge homage 
to to John and to what he created that has never really been fully appreciated by anyone outside of the biggest fans of and, and and Broadway as well. I think you know it's a love it's a love letter to Broadway. Definitely, Sondheim is definitely put up there. I think so, but, on a but, pedestal. But you know? but but you miss all the comments they made about Broadway before. Mm. So I'm not like I you know we disagree on some stuff. Yeah. I would I would say that it's it's a love letter to good Broadway, mm. but it also points out how Broadway you know just how we we're talking about the film industry. Broadway went through a period where they were just churning out mm. shit nobody wanted to watch that was mm. big budget, right, and it right, was right. like because they could fill a theater and pay the tickets because mm. people would go to see. You know, did you see some of them? I mean, there were jokes. You know, they weren't the real names. One was like. Uh, white people in a fight about marriage. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I loved that, it because yeah. I was like, that's exactly the truth. Like, there's... But certainly, like, in the Sunday Brunch song, there were so many actors who I, I recognize from some films and stuff, but they're obviously, like, big Broadway Yeah, it was, it was you know, for me, because I, I that's the era I grew up watching, not Broadway. I used to watch, not off-Broadway, they would travel, traveling Broadway. My mom would take me to the, the local music hall and we would go see... When they brought him around, but you know this that, was the, that's how I watched Rent in Daegu. Yeah, this, this was the era of um, Android Lloyd Webber, mm. and and I, I always have mixed feelings about the guy because most of the stuff he does is like amazing. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Like my wife loves the new Cinderella. I've seen it twice now. Wow. It's so good. Mm. But then he did that remake of Phantom, mm. and I will say, like during the eighties, like he definitely picked it, pick a corner of stuff, and it all sounded very samey. Right, right. And it's right. good. It's mm. just there wasn't a whole of a sudden. This is why I loved it when the guy was like. Oh, don't take my copy of Godspell and stuff like that because <laughs> yeah. there used to just be a huge diversity yeah, yeah. in what was on Broadway and it started ending very quickly in the 80s because they wanted money you know what I mean they wanted people to come to that district there and- was that awesome scene as well where they're watching on PBS they're watching a docu- uh, a, a, a musical and stuff. which one were they watching I can't remember uh, now it was I think it's one about Monet was, or was something it our like town? that it's 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 about a painter definitely because they, they they kind of recreated like a painting okay uh, in one of them, but but clearly they're like, oh, this is so amazing. Why why don't they do stuff like this anymore? Kind of alluding to to what you're saying uh, to a certain extent. But um, what yeah. did you think about the messaging on the HIV crisis? Okay, um, so this is what I was kind of referencing in terms of this places it in this time. Um, I was expecting it to hit a lot harder um, because Rent pulls no punches no. when it comes to this stuff. Like, like I told you, when I watched that, I was ugly crying. You should be. You know? I mean, not, 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 you should be crying, but you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> it was, it was so, so sad. And I kept expecting, um, the best friend to tell him that he was HIV positive or just to straight up die, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, but it never kind of goes that hard into, into what was going on there. Um, which is... Interesting because, again, I knew I knew of him and this film as about the guy who who made Rent, and so I I was kind of expecting that. Having said that, um, it, it didn't feel disingenuous. It didn't feel like they brushed over it. No, uh, I, I think it was a retort to you know the first time I ever heard about Rent. The reason I haven't seen it Rent is because I missed the bandwagon on that one. When I was in college, people talked about it. They never went to go see it. And then by the time I can remember, so the end of college, early Korea times, mm-hmm. really, California maybe, it's Team America. And Team America loved to make fun of that, that mm-hmm. thing. It just said AIDS, AIDS, AIDS. 
and that was the problem. I thought because it became I, a meme because right? I you know because you know whether you guys know this or not. When I was a teenager, I was you know I wasn't bisexual, but I hang out with a lot of gay guys. Like mm. I just did. It was in, in a lot of transsexuals. It was just where I felt comfortable. Mm. I don't know how to explain it other than that. I wasn't. I was completely straight, but um, and I'm not. You know, like wouldn't have cared otherwise. Yeah. But yeah. It just. And you lose people. Like, mm. every year, there's mm. another something or other. You have friends that look horrible all of a sudden. You're like, what happened? And yeah. It tapered off a lot when I was older. Because mm. I'm 10 years down the line, and that started or stopped happening as much. People just dying left, right, and center of, of HIV. You know, getting HIV and then dying of AIDS. Yeah. Um, but it was always there. Mm. And it's an unspoken thing. People yeah. don't recognize it. Or if they do, where I come from in the Midwest, it was like, don't touch him. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it was disgusting. And Mis- so- misunderstood as well. And I, I did, I, there, there was one really good kind of confrontation with, uh, between John, the main character played by Andrew Garfield. And I think his name was Matt, uh, his his friend. Yeah, actor on that was phenomenal yeah, as well. Who Who had kind of given up on becoming an actor and and was now working in advertising and 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 making crazy good money um but there there was a very good confrontation they had on the streets where you know he said to him you don't understand like things that you take for granted and it was one of those times where you know we talk about privilege a lot these days but it's definitely one of those times where you kind of need to hear something like that yeah, you know I to so. to understand you know, the other person, you know. And I guess that was my point. The, the presentation of, of HIV within the show, like, I think it was great because I, you know, I need to go see Rent now because I always thought that Rent was exploitative of it, but I know it won't be now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's part of the reason I avoided it because I was like, I don't want someone making a big deal out of someone right. that killed. And then, again, I'm not someone who had a best friend who died of AIDS, but Jesus, like, I had a bunch of friends who had mm-hmm. HIV. And so, you know what I mean? Like, it's not a laughing matter to yeah, me. Yeah. It was one of those hard truths of the scene you know what i mean of of what went on and so you know this was presented to me almost perfectly i love the song about it the the end part where he's talking about how he met matt Mm. how they've been friends for 20 years it made me think of you you know what i mean because it was it It kind of made me think it did it did because we have so many stories together we can see remember we did that remember we did that and that's why we keep going we push each other to do these things and then how horrible that would be if i turned to you one day and said like i'm gonna die yeah yeah yeah. you know what i mean in a year and that really hit because and i think that's what what i loved about the movie is it was giving him that push he needed to see like this is what you need to write about because people could relate to that there yeah, are, yeah. that's why there were other characters going through this this yeah, wasn't yeah. just one person mm. in new york mate this was the scene like it yeah, was terrible yeah. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. and it wasn't just new york it was it was everywhere in america mm. i mean i'm sure it was everywhere everywhere but that's what i really enjoyed about that is 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 it was such a great take on something that people have forgotten about if i'm honest because mm. it's no longer you know, the pro- I don't know if it's the problem it was before. It doesn't seem that way to me. Like, I don't see the posts about it. I don't see the discussions. Yeah, I certainly don't hang out with a large gay community anymore. No, so yeah. maybe it is, and I just don't know. And if it is, please put it in the comment section. I don't want to... Yeah, educate know, us. Educate us, please. But it was just a great way to kind of remind people of, of like you said, their privilege. Mm. Because I think these days, and, and I know this because I, I often get into racial discussions, and, and sometimes those racial discussions will, will crap on on the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. I had to remember all those. Yeah. Because it's like, you guys don't know what it's like right. being black. We can't change who we are. But right. it's not like that community, those communities haven't had their own struggles as well. No, no, yeah. and the whole point is not to say, like, minor, my scars are They're bigger than yours. Than, yeah, yeah. It's supposed to understand that kind of pain, that em- kind of empathy, suffering. Empathy, dude. Empathy. And right. that's very much what uh, Rent did for me when I watched it. 
Absolutely. Um, and and this film just does does a really good job of taking something that what was happening in the nineties, which is thirty years over thirty years ago now, oh right? Oh my god. Yeah, and and still making it relevant to to kind of our it world today. It feels very fresh, you know? very very relevant, very contemporary. Yeah, and that's why I, I I do agree. That's that's why I don't mind the shiny New York because it's like, well, people I don't think even remember New York back then. My parents have a hard time remembering it because they grew up in the '60s in New York, and so it was way different in the '60s. Although I really loved the rap song when he goes down to like the theater district. I did too because my wife loves like Times Square and all that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's the shithole it yeah, was that's before then, mate. Yeah, yeah. Like that's why my mom yeah. gives you hell every time she's like, you're going down this place. She yeah, doesn't yeah. remember right. they cleaned all this up. Right, it, was, right, right. it was Rudy. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Uh, but but that I thought that was a really nice touch, and it kind of placed it very much in the '90s for me, because that's the kind of hip hop that I listened to, sure, you know. Sure. And they did the whole video distortion as well. What did you think of that stuff? So that, that, on a slightly technical aspect, we can talk about with that. I mean, how, did you like the way they they synergize things with that? Did you did it? I really did it work did. for you. Yes, a couple of times they use what essentially looks like a camcorder, you know, recording. Just somebody, you know, messing around and stuff like that. I really liked that. I really liked the staging of the play within the, the movie, you know. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it, which I didn't realize tick, tick, that... Tick, Boom within Tick, Tick, Boom, yeah. right? And, and I didn't realize that Tick, Tick, Boom was actually a play, the, the play that Like I said, I could have sworn and... it was a one-man play. Yeah, yeah, like I, yeah, yeah. They, they showed photos of him. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. I couldn't remember because I've seen a video of it. Like, yeah. I, long time ago now. I've yeah. seen somebody show me a video and I was like, that's awesome. You know mm. what I mean? And it was just him, you yeah, know, like yeah. jumping around all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. I, having... I loved I loved that with the, with the choir who are also the actors that that's are right. in so the Vanessa show. right. So Vanessa Hudgens coming in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The and male lead as well. I mean, yeah. it just, you know. Yeah, everything about the way he went about showing us the story was fucking brilliant i thought but let's um because i like to close out on a positive i was going to close out shitting on why you can't find this film so i'm going to say it really quickly we're going to get it done Go then we're going to talk about something awesome yes. afterwards but just to warn you and this is why we're doing a podcast like netflix hid this yeah okay, on everybody at least in the uk if you're listening from the us and you're like oh man it was the first thing that came up like mm. all of us had to we it didn't come up on anybody i like, didn't know about this film until you mentioned it and so and i only knew about it because what was damon rickard and, yeah. and i think i made fun of damon when he you know i was like oh damon's always recommending these films but i'm like mm. i don't even know i can trust his recommendations because <laughs> sometimes damon i don't agree with what you're saying but but he recommended it so i watched it and i was like oh yeah that mm. was really good yeah. so then i was like ed i think we're gonna do a podcast on this one and then I had, my, I had my wife watch it last night because I was like, you love theater, you'll love this. Mm. And it's just spread the word, guys. Like, yeah. like yeah. you know, this that's, will come up. That's for, the point of this podcast, I think. Maybe Netflix us. is waiting until after Oscar season so they can be like, now you're all going to subscribe to Well, it's, it's funny because um, at the theater, uh, we were talking about licorice pizza and how not a lot of people have been coming to watch it and stuff like that. And my boss was like, wait till the Oscars happen. And it's not going to be here anymore. Everyone's going to come and ask That's about right. it. That's right. That's how know? Parasite worked. Um, the one thing I will say to the benefit of it being on Netflix is that it's a kind of critical mass thing. Because there's so many people subscribed to it, It and it, if it does get some word of mouth going, I think it will help it a lot. And this is the thing. like, And, and this is like, is there room for streaming and film at the same time? Like, I didn't mind this on my TV. Like, mm, I don't mind... Yeah. Especially because it's a it's a it's a theater thing. So if I saw it up, you know, in, in you know, yeah. That being said, in the Heights and West Side Story were wonderful on the big screen. So yeah. I imagine this would be as well. But this one had less of that, you know. 
In the Heights and West Side Story are great on the big screen because they have some shots like Lin-Manuel Miranda in, in the Heights mm. definitely made this kind of just did these things that you could only do on a big screen like mm. it wouldn't have worked on a small screen mm. um, and you, you can be the judge of that when we watch it mm. but um, this one like there's nothing in the shots maybe the Sunday brunch I would have liked to see oh that was pretty spectacular you know, yeah, that's yeah. the Steve Sonnen sorry, that's, that's the, the big one like, yeah. and, and, and just to, to kind of drop the easter egg for you that's the one he wrote with, with Steve Sondheim like that's the one you know it, it, you'll, you'll know like it definitely comes across as, as a it stands out yeah it you know, stands out very funny and yeah. very true that's, yeah. that's Sunday brunch it's in, so in good York. so true I, I was I, I was related to that so hard just you know working in like a, a retail store yeah like, you know. yeah but Sunday brunch in New York yeah. and I just love it it's like you people could get fucking coffee at home what are you doing here <laughs> everyone's Sunday brunch uh, but yeah, that that I have to say is my favorite song in in the before I knew about Sondheim and stuff like that's that. That's a good one. This is the life would be mine because would, that's would that, yours? That, that obviously yeah. like that's that's my home. That's so that's the song that they sing at the birthday party, and it's kind of an impromptu thing. That's why I love it. Yeah, and and it does. It feels very much like oh, okay, this would be what like musical theater people do. You yeah, know, man. that's why one of my favorite videos I've ever seen on YouTube is the cast of The Lion King um, uh, waiting at an airport and they just like start singing No, uh, The Circle of Life. And dude, this is in Australia or something like that. It is epic. (laughs) Epic. And then there's another one of like... You have the cast of The Lion King are flying on the same flight as the cast of Aladdin, I think, or some, okay, right. another show. And they start, like, dueling songs. <laughs> oh, so cool. That would be Ed's heaven. Yeah. Flight, flight from heaven. That would be amazing. So, yeah. like I said, we're going to end on a positive note. I want to talk about probably the best thing about this movie. Okay. Um, and the thing that, that I really do hope uh, gets some recognition. Andrew Garfield yes. is, is amazing in yeah. this film. Um, yeah. And that's that's me saying a lot because I'm putting him above other people that I want to have nominations, awards. Like, I would give Best Oscar to him this year because he really encapsulates John. And I don't even know John that well, but I went afterwards. I looked at old footage of this guy to see how well because I was so impressed by the performance. And he nails it. He absolutely nails it. He makes the guy more attractive. I love when they do that. I really hope if someone writes my story someday, they get an Andrew Garfield <laughs> there because he makes him more attractive. You know, it's what they did with... Um, you know, my favorite example of that is Jesse Eisenberg in The Social Network. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, I'm sorry, no, it's Justin Timberlake as Sean Parker. Because oh, okay. the real <laughs> Sean Parker would tell you, like, he's nothing like that. You know what I mean? Like, he's not even remotely like that. Yeah, yeah. But it's really cool. He if someone, rushes it. You know what I mean? Oh, Justin Timberlake. And Andrew Garfield here, it's not just the... And I don't know whether it's because he did have feelings about the thing, but or whether he's just one of those really good actors. Because you, you felt that passion. You felt it coming through. And it's like... I don't know. Like I, 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 for Vanessa Hudgens, I knew yeah. because she's been musical theater yeah. most of her life, and I'm like, she will know That's how much jam. this guy yeah. led to her yeah, yeah. career. You yeah. know, led to her, you know, having High School Musical yeah. and, a, and a place and a platform. I think Andrew Garfield learned to play the piano for this as well. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He plays uh, really well. Yeah, really well. Sings well as well. Like it can be a little bit disjointing when sometimes you see an actor who maybe isn't a musical theater person. I'm thinking particularly like Mamma Mia with Meryl Streep and Pierce yeah, I never Brosnan. Watched it. And I never watched it specifically for that reason. Yeah. It's, it, they, they, I think they do a great <laughs> job, but it, you definitely feel that like, oh, okay. I mean, you know, it would have been much better to go and watch this on the stage just for the performances, right? But uh, here, oh God, he kind of hits it out of the park. 
He's so good. Loved seeing Bradley I mean, Winford that, as that's, well. That's the other great scene that I love is the um, when he's in the park and he's playing the piano and, and it starts raining. Oh, and he yeah. He sees his friend, you know? Yeah. That's a great moment. Yeah, although I was like... People need to take better care of their shit. Like, uh, can't just oh, I mean, that that's, that's magical surrealism. Yeah, you, know? Like, I know, I know. you know I love that shit. That's part of the reason I love that scene. Because I'm like, yeah. oh, look, a piano in the middle of Central Park. Yeah. Like, sweet. Yeah. Uh, and he's doing what you need to do with a piano yeah. in the middle of Central Park. You need to play it. Yeah. Um, loved seeing Bradley Whitford as well as Stephen Sondheim. You, you think he carried that well? I mean, Really it, well. It, it was a bit like, because I was, I was looking at the poster today above my um, computer, and I was thinking about Oscar Isaacs and Dune, and the only thing I kept thinking, because I love that movie, but mm. I also love Oscar Isaacs, and like, mm. I really wish they would have used him more in that movie, because he's such a good actor. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the only thing I would say about this one with Bradley Whitford. Like, I loved it. And I guess you can only put him in so much, but I wanted yeah, more. I was yeah. like, oh, he's so good at this. It was I just love a, him when he's like, uh, yeah, I agree with everything you're yeah. saying. <laughs> that was so funny, wasn't it? When he's getting feedback. Uh, I have to disagree with you almost yeah. entirely, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. Um, Becky was like, what is this, by the way? What are they doing? I'm like, it's a workshop. Yeah, so it's like, well, who's the guy that's agreeing with everything? He's just the moderator. Like, <laughs> He obviously fancies himself very important. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> um, just a couple of things that I want to mention that I really, really enjoyed. Awesome, man. Uh, so Sunday Brunch was definitely my favorite song, but the song that happens as the breakup is happening, okay. where he's intercutting between the song and them fighting, is, like, I, I felt so hard, like, for for the character oh, man, in that, that moment. That, that's catching some stuff you need to tell me off the mic, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, was, it was spectacular. Only because mm. when he gets the song, the next song, which is the one he needs to make, mm. like Ed, that's how it happens. Mm. Like that's that, I, I know, I know, I grabbed I know that my moment. wife like yeah. this, yeah. and I was like, "Honey, this is how it happens. Yeah. You'll be somewhere, and you have to get it down because it'll go away in ten minutes." But but that moment where he, he th- they they kind of make up, and he's like he he's realizing that he's not being fair and stuff, and then yes, I'm tapping on his shoulder. He, he starts like tapping out like he's playing the piano and she realizes that he's going to use this for for a song. And I was like, yeah, that's what, that's how it goes. That's, that's, that's how, it works. how it works. Every I'm fight, afraid. every disagreement. It's going to be makes... put into your art, like it's, undoubtedly. It's, you know, it's how you exercise those feelings, I guess. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like that's the best way I can describe it. Uh, and the other thing that I really, really enjoyed was the focus group and that whole kind of <laughs> and that whole kind of plot line um, because there is a moment when you're kind of doing this thing where you start getting work and people start paying you to do things, um, but there is almost always a moment where you're like. Is this is this why I got into this? Is I, this why I wanted to do this? I love another reason we love this film, but I love this film because it presents both of our yeah. stand views. Yeah. So I am Matt, and I haven't given up on being creative, but I am the one who took the big job because I wanted the house and I wanted the whatever. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm happy with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's tough because and I'm, I get to see like the the fruits of your labor with that. Yeah, and it definitely makes me think, oh shit, maybe I shouldn't have kind of taken the path that I took. But but the know? way he gets for me, and this is the guy we're, we're having real love in all this, <laughs> because what he gets for me is that whole it's almost jealousy because that's the type of diva that I am. You know that that whole like 
yeah, but all you have is your art. That's right. awesome. Like, yeah. if I could live in a it's world... It's someone all else's it, perspective. All, all I was defined yeah. by was my creativity. Like, yeah. that's the world I would love yeah. to live in. We were just talking about, you know, some guy that, you know, got a writing job and went to India for six weeks. And I was like, oh my God, that'd be awesome. Like, <laughs> to just fuck off for six weeks and write myself. I'm not sure you got the point of that story. <laughs> because the point that was being made was... How horrible. fucking disappeared on me. And went got an apartment and you were like, oh yeah, that sounds that's amazing. amazing. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> what a great way. But but I, I love I love how it was kind of presented where he's put into this like advertising focus group where like they're asking that they're, they're trying to warm people up and to be creative, right? And the other actors in that scene are fucking brilliant as well. Because they're supposed to be your your kind of people who don't have creative jobs, right? And so they're kind of saying stuff and it's like, well, yeah. And then he starts dropping like little things, right? And everyone's like, oh my God. Oh my God, you're a genius. Like you're, they really kind of stroke his ego. And, and I've got it, guys. I've yeah, got the yeah. biggest one. Chubby Chubby. What was it called? Chubster. Chubster, yeah. Uh, and he kind of like blows it off. You're going to get me fired. And, what the hell yeah, were you yeah. doing? And because he sees it as being beneath him. Because it is... In the end, I love the description of the product. It's a it's a chemical compound that we're going to be putting uh, to replace fat in in yeah, it's a in fat products. substitute. Fat it, substitute. It, yeah, only causes death in like yeah. one in ten people. And then they do the like the second secondary effects and stuff. Oh, it was and that, such and that a is funny a bit scene. like the, the funny thing about that is it's staged and not staged. Yeah. You know, like obviously it's the same comment you made about the corporate douchebag. Yeah. Like it's not. Trust me, advertising agency, I don't know a ton. I don't work for an advertising agency or anything like that. But, man, it won't be that bad. No, man, no, no, like, definitely Sure, not. there's going to be lots of fake people in a place like this. It's exaggerated. The vast majority of the middle class in the world, that's what they do. You know what I mean? They, yeah. They, 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 they follow on to things. Yeah. They don't, they're not, you know, creative people. I guess the difference is that you're creating from air. And yeah. so. But, but what, I, what I really enjoyed about it was his hubris. That's what I got from it. That's that, and that's like, that's that's exactly what you know. Not what I wanted you to get from it, but what I hoped you did, because mm. it's like there's there is yeah. joy in that. No, no, there, there you is. Know, he sits, yeah. you know, Ed sits on the phone with me sometimes when I do lament, and I'm like, Ugh, why am I doing this? You know, like I really wish, you know, I just gave this all up and, and did nothing but writing and producing and filming. And, and honestly, my my current boss at my day job, like you know, I was asked, and it was like, if you had to do film or what you do now, and I was like, film. Mm. And I was like, but it's like a lottery, mate. Like, if I win the lottery, sure. Like, yeah, I'm exactly. like, I want to win the lottery. Win the lottery yeah. But I said, unfortunately, those are the stakes. And 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 luckily, I work with people that that understand what I do enough that that totally get that and understand. That I need both jobs to do. You know, it becomes unfortunately the, the thing that will always get me. So the, the benefit you have is no one will ever call what you do, Ed, a hobby. Mm. The sh- surefire quickest way to get me on another rant tonight <laughs> is to call what I do a hobby. Yeah. Like it's not. It's a passion. It's something yeah. that I. I to do yeah. and I won't stop until I get what I want with it which I'm not even sure what I want anymore with it anymore can't stop won't stop exactly so it's just that that, that. and that's what Tick Tick Boom is all about is that time yes. timer in your brain that is it constantly is. ticking down to say I didn't like the title at first I fucking loved it by the end we of the talk film. about it all the time yeah. so what if we were dead tomorrow are we going to be happy yeah. with what we've produced and yeah. the problem is like sometimes you are sometimes you're like no I still got more to do <laughs> But a wonderful film, one that, you know... Please, guys, please, please, please. I mean, if you've, if you've gotten this far, you've probably watched it. But, you know, watch it again. Yeah, this Recommend week, it this to week, every this one month, of your friends. Instead of sharing the podcast, share your knowledge of this movie and yeah. say, everyone needs to go out this Tell and, your Damon, friends. Damon, sorry I ever doubted you. 
<coughs> tell your friends, you know, uh, share it around because a, I think that it's it's a it's a fun time. It's an entertaining yeah. film, and it it really kind of gets to the core of what it means to someone to to be creative. Yeah, it's it's upbeat enough. I mean, you know, Becky watched that one on a Monday night after her first day work. My wife is usually asleep within the first ten minutes or something like that because it's a Monday. She was up the whole time, so. and, and I was kind of expecting it to be like a just cry fest. And it's it's not that. No, you know, no. there's definitely some emotional moments, um, but uh, I, I would say just like the life of a creative, and this is why I love this is the life. It, it life like that is always bittersweet. Yes. You know, you, you I wouldn't change one iota of the way I am or the way I do things or the way my life is played out. But it's hard sometimes. It's hard for you sometimes. Yeah. And so that's what yeah. I mean. Like you, you take the good and the bad, but you know, as a creative, I think what you do is you just say, Well, I believe I'm here to, to put an expression out to express the good over the bad, you know? You know, it, it, people use this a lot as well, but it does give me life. You yeah, know, like yeah, that, that, that being able to do that gives me life. Oh, that's a great ending point. All right, folks. Well, I love you all very much. Thanks to you for listening to our long rants on a great movie. Tick, tick, boom. As I said, next week, if we've got nothing on the docket. It will be Teddy. Um, I have a funny feeling we'll probably find something. This is Oscar season. <laughs> the thing is, it is Oscar season, isn't it? And we need, to, like, so the, I I, again, I'm, thank you because I wouldn't have watched this if you had. Well, no, the, I have the other Netflix one that I need to watch, which is the, the Kirsten Dunst one, the um, with um, Benedict Cumberbatch. Now, that, oh, looks, the, that looks incredibly dogs. dour. Yeah. Oh, so I'm going to have to pick to up, uh, like a, an evening where I'm wanting to watch something serious and probably have to watch it over three nights because I'll fall asleep all the time. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, but I do want to see it because I've heard the performances are good. Mm. And, and it, you know, it's just, you know, just gonna watch it yeah so and then there's another one what what was the recommendation i just want to put on the podcast in case i can't find it later because i couldn't remember what you said to me last night what's Mm. the other andrew garfield you recommended to me oh uh never let me go okay with kira knightley kira knightley and kerry mulligan uh this was when they were all three up and coming okay um and i think i think it's gonna be very much in your wheelhouse i I will make an effort to watch this week and maybe we'll be like podcast about never okay i can i want to showcase andrew garfield on his good stuff i don't feel you know since the social network which is the first time i ever really saw him and i thought he was phenomenal at like he's really kind of moved on the same way i fell in love with denise villeneuve and then watched everything he'd done (laughs) like this is something i want to help promote yeah yeah, for sure my 20 20 30 listeners you all go out and love andrew garfield for me (laughs) all right y'all thank you all so much we'll catch you all next week um and please put your comments love and everything else this is the life thank you bye bye this is the life of this is the life of bohemia showers in the kitchen there might be some soap dishes in the sink brush your teeth if you can cope toilets in the closet you better hope there's a light bulb in there Revolving door roommates, prick up your ears. Fourteen people in just four years. Adam, Max, and Jonathan, and Carolyn, and Carrie. David, Tim, no, Tim was just a guest from June to January. Margaret, Lisa, David, Susie, Stephen, Joe, and Sam. And Elsa, the bill collector's dream who still is on the lamb. Don't forget the neighbors, Michelle and Gay. More like a family than a family. Hey. The time is flying, and everything is dying. I thought by now I'd have a dog, a kid, and wife. The ship is sort of sinking, so let's start drinking. Before we start thinking, this is the life. This is the life of Boba Bo.